to the list from myself to you, Transitional Life Coaching. Thanks for joining me again today. We were talking a little bit on yesterday about self-awareness, and I want to dive back into that today. And I want to focus on a set um, area, the area of triggers. Triggers are something that happen in our lives that make us kind of flash back into a situation that happened to us days ago, months ago, weeks ago, or years ago. A trigger can be anything from eating a food item, seeing someone, reading something, hearing music. A lady I was once talking to was telling me about a trauma that she had in her life that had happened to her years ago. But what made the trauma so impactful for her was she didn't realize that it could be triggered again because she thought that over the years, over the therapy and the counseling, that it was done until she was in the room with a group of friends at an event and the smell of a mere cologne triggered that trauma to be relived in her life again. It was the smell of the cologne that made her go back into her yesteryear of that trauma. Her friends were not aware of why is her, why are her actions changing? Why is her behavior changing? Why is she acting like this? Why is she ready to leave? Why does she not want to be around? Nothing had happened that they could identify that would cause her to be so uncomfortable. They had no clue, but she did. It was the trigger of the clone. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I have to make the same mistake three or four times, even before I can cope. So it's okay. But to identify the trigger is so huge. In the absence of self-awareness, you find yourself exposed to people, situations, and environments that are like toxic drains on your physical and mental energy, which can result in a magnifying effect of your mood and stress levels. Some people don't want to admit certain triggers can perhaps be responsible for their issues. This can be a result of many things ranging from addictions to utter fear that by admitting it to yourself, you are by default admitting you have a mental health issue, which may still be struggling. You're struggling to come to terms with it. So I want to talk a little bit about mental health. It's not an omen. It's not negative. It's not an outcast. You noticed I said earlier, your physical and your mental health. Let's talk about the physical health. If I'm not feeling well, I may lay down and rest. If I need to take medication, I will. If I think it's getting too much for me, then I'll make a doctor's appointment to go to the doctors to find a little bit of what's going on with me. Why do I feel this way? He may have to prescribe something, and it may be something as simple as Phyllis, you just need rest. It also maybe that hey nothing is really going on with you but we tend to accept our physical health we tend not to ignore it as much as our mental health 
And that's what self-awareness is. It's getting in tune with your mental health. Mental health is very important. So we don't want to avoid it. We don't want to put it on a shelf or back burner or just act like nothing happened because it's not a headache. It's not an issue. It's not a let me do some kind of therapy for myself, retail therapy, eating therapy, other things. That's what we call the addictions. It's not always drugs. It could be shopping. It could be food. It could be sexual. It could be a magnitude of things, addictions that you try to pacify over that mental health issue. So don't avoid those. Sometimes it may take a life coach to help you. And other times it may be too intense for the life coach. And I, as a life coach, will tell you, If I'm coaching someone and I hear the conversation going too far stretched into where I feel that mental health is a factor, then I will stop it and I will help you or recommend to you that therapy is needed, counseling is needed. Having the ability to recognize through self-awareness the triggers is why most people don't feel well or if they're not feeling well, allowing them to make the decision that allows them to get back on track is so important. They also are allowed to understand that it is not just the way it is. Sometimes we say it's just the way it is. No, it's not. It is not just the way it is. But the fact that I was inviting the stress upon myself carelessly a careless behavior. So just sit down. Sometimes you need to make a plan. And I have some examples of plans for you. Let's go back. And we're still in the pandemic. We're still in, I mean, COVID is still alive. But when that pandemic first hit, you couldn't turn on the TV. You couldn't listen to the radio. You couldn't stroll social media. Everywhere you went, environments had changed. Your lifestyle had changed. And it was taking a toll on everybody because a shift of the unknown had happened. But the biggest shift was that news. Ooh, my goodness, that was a lot. Sometimes you have to delete the news media. You have to delete it from your phone. You have to turn off the TV. You have to stop watching it. No, not at all am I pretending that nothing is going on. Don't think that. But I'm just telling you, to lack and limit your exposure to all of that because sometimes that's so mentally training for you that it just absorbs you. I heard people when the COVID hit, the news drained them so much that they were afraid to come out of their own homes. So sometimes we have to limit ourselves to things that are draining us. Meditation and mindfulness we talked about is huge as well. Meditating in the morning is major and meditating in the evening is also major. Both of them help to bring a calmness to your day, a calmness to your mind and help you to refocus. It is so important that we implement this into our lifestyle. Meditating in the morning. I get up in the morning and I meditate. I meditate on the word of God. I read my devotions. I meditate on that. I spend time in prayer. And then when I'm finished, I will send messages to family and friends. And 
that's how I start my day. I don't just lay in the bed and tell the very second that, hey, I know I need to get up and get going. No, you need to get up and get moving. I was reading something a few days ago what Kevin Hart, a phenomenal actor, had uh, written. And he talked about part of his morning. He does his meditation. He gets up and he gets to walking. Just a walk. Just a walk to start waking up those organs, pumping that blood and energizing that energy inside of his body. And he's focusing on his today, not yesterday, but today. And he's bringing a calmness to his body, even though what he may face or has to face is huge, but he's focusing on it so he has a calm and he knows and he's realizing what he needs to do and he's taking a walk, he's breathing and he's recalibrating himself. Recalibrating, refocus and getting a groove in what today is going to bring for him. So I myself have signed up for a new workout class, a yoga class that's more in line with my age and just getting me back into exercising. I'm laying down the battle ropes and flipping up the tires. That's fine. It was fun and it was challenging and I did it and hoorah, I'm happy. But now my body has done a shift and I don't want to do that anymore. So I love the yoga because stretching is so important and you feel it in your body, it's also awakening and aligning me and helping me to identify my body through my breathing, through my calmness, through my focus. And I and that's what I love. So we all need to have some form of exercise. Are you walking? Are you getting up? Are you stretching? Put that blood in your body and get that mind and body and soul in gear. Beginning a meal prep. A lot of people meal prep for lunch and they meal prep for dinner. Some people may go out and buy the special containers for it. Some people may not have the special containers for it. But I remember as a little girl, the night before my parents would prep our lunch for the morning. So when we got up, we knew to take that lunch back for school. That was meal prepping. Now they just got a little fancy with it and got the containers. They were meal prepping back then in a brown paper bag. And I remember on the weekends, my mom, especially on Sunday, was cooking dinner for, um, on Saturday, she was cooking dinner for Sunday. That was meal prepping. Prepping is preparing for the next. So prep, some of us who don't meal prep, we go to work so empty handed. We haven't started our day. We are just existing. We are just existing in a world that we have no clue about. We're just going about the rigmarole. We're just going about the rigmarole. I'm getting up, getting in my car, driving, wherever am I going to work, school, whatever. And then when lunchtime comes, there's a thought. What am I going to eat? Am I going to eat Burger King, Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, so forth, so forth, whatever. Choices, choices, choices. And then when we get it, sometimes we say, oh, it wasn't good, but we don't focus on what did it do to our bodies. We focus on, and it was expensive. That's a lot of money. Yes, it is a lot of money. The money that you probably could have had two meals from. But think about, did it add energy to your body? Did it fill your body? Because sometimes we eat that and say, oh my God, now I'm so tired, I could go for a nap. Did it do what it was supposed to do? No, it did not. I would recommend meal prepping. 
getting back into a routine pattern of sleeping, resting your body, rest and sleep. Some people say, I don't want eight hours of sleep. Okay, but I'm going to recommend that you rest your body. Think about when you go for a massage, if you've ever had a massage before, they take you to this beautiful relaxing room oh my god as soon as you enter the room before you take your clothes off and even lay on the bed you feel relaxed just because of the atmosphere make sure your bedroom is a relaxing place that's a relaxing atmosphere so you go into this relaxing atmosphere you take off your clothes you lay on that bed and you drape yourself with a thin sheet, anticipating, waiting for the masseuse to come in with those magical hands to relieve the tension, to massage those muscles, to just get you in a state of such relaxation that you even doze off and go to sleep. And you'll be like, oh my God, I was so relaxed. I was going to sleep because just how good it felt to feel your body being massaged. Well, let's massage on ourselves and let's take a nice hot bath. Let's take a nice shower. Let's come in and let's have that nice lotion that you like, whether it has a great smell or a thick moisturizer and massage it on your, your arms, your legs, your various body part, your feet. And then put on a nice relaxing nightwear and lay in your nice comfortable bed. Put that phone down. I said lay there. Maybe you may go to sleep and maybe you may not. But you're in a relaxed state and your mind is just being filtered out and relaxing. Relaxing so much that eventually your whole body is just going to sink into that mattress and feel so comfortable that you're going to doze off and you're going to go to sleep. You know, sometimes not sleeping eight hours is a practice. You have to practice that because if you say you're tired throughout the day, if given the opportunity to nap at that moment, would you do it? Most would say yes. So now give yourself the opportunity in the evening when it's nighttime to get eight hours of full rest. One of the biggest things that I have tried to do is to turn my phone off at nine o'clock, put it in the airplane mode so um, that it's not a stressor in my life because we know the phone isn't just for phone. It has so many other apps on there that you could get lost in, strolling through half the night until your mind is so exhausted from just the strolling that you fall asleep. Stop exhausting your mind and love on it. My God, love on your mind. Be aware of yourself. Now I saved this one for last and most of you will say, why would you save that for last? I think that's the most important one. Well, I'll tell you why. Avoid toxic people and environments. Have you ever had a person, and we all have, that call you all the time, that want to talk to you all the time. That person identifies your energy, but they're draining it from you. That's a toxic person. You try to help them. You try to give to them. They listen sometimes. They don't. They need to be validated from you. That person lacks self-awareness, and I would love to work with them. 
that's what I do. It's help people become self-aware. Avoid toxic environments. Some of those toxic environments we can avoid and some we can't. Some places we go, we don't have to go. We go because we want to. And some places, which is a huge one, is the work environment. Well, that's also a choice. Because if that's so toxic, there's a lot of other jobs out there that you do qualify for. Or you made a brush up some of your skills to make yourself qualify for. And you can make a change. The home environment, that may be toxic. But also there's some changes you can make in that. And it starts with you. It starts with you. And as a coach, I would love to be able to help you with all of this. With the toxic people in the toxic environments. It is important not to become upset or downbeat when you go through periods of unhappiness or anxiety. The ability to comprehend how normal this is really is critical. It's critical. It's so critical that you have to become self-aware and to understand the potential triggers that can potentially be causing you more stress. You need to take action accordingly. See, in my case, I had immediate and sustained effects. And hence, I did not let it develop into something more difficult to deal with because I identified it and I dealt with it. You need to know your triggers and implement behaviors and actions to help limit or avoid them. This is Coach Phyllis from Myself to You Transitional Life Coaching. Thanks for jumping on today and diving a little bit more into self-awareness triggers. And I look forward to chatting with you again soon. Bye.